Starseeds, and welcome to A Cosmic Journey. The podcast about science and spirituality, where we discuss everything in the universe from the physical to the metaphysical. I'm Demi Wilde. And I am Jay Maceo. This week, we've got cosmic news stories like how your Aunt Trudy, who died of COVID, may be actually floating all around you. Floating. Floating. Or how scientists are genetically engineering teeny tiny caveman brains. Or on our YouTube channel, we have Demi's Astrology Corner for the week of February 15th through yes, 22nd. We do. And Jay tells us about the qualities of love with his Cosmic Insights this week, so be sure to subscribe. Do that. Uh, plus, we take a deep dive into the black hole. A splash. To travel back in time and revisit the first episode of A Cosmic Journey with the one and only Angel Idealism. Isn't that fun? Yes. We're going back in, back in time. Well, it's interesting because I, 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 we have all these, like, these, like, six episodes from, like, the very beginning where you were the, I guess, on, like, the third episode. And, uh, they're just kind of sitting in the bottom of Patreon. So I was like, these are, like, really good interviews. So I wanted to kind of repurpose them and say, hey, you know what? Everyone listen to these because they're worth it. Yeah, and you'll get to know us in a different light. Totally. Yeah. So, how has this week been for you? Crazy. Okay, yeah. um, so I told you this. I don't even know. You know what? I shouldn't even... Yeah, <laughs> okay, whatever. So, I was studying for this exam yeah, all week uh, to to do insurance uh, or insurance. Someone once said that people who uh, call it insurance don't have any. Um, <laughs> But uh, to do insurance, which is like a big state exam, there's uh, like 52 hours of study and all this. And of course, I, I want to do this to support my art. Um, right. So it's one of those things like, but it, it just took a lot out of me. It was like 52 hours of studying, then more or, or mandatory studying, then more training, yeah. then like a, a state exam test that took hours. So, um yeah, that there's a lot. Me. There's a lot involved in selling insurance. Like, yes. I, I had a, a friend in in high school who wanted to do it after school and ended up like failing the first test. <laughs> yeah, it was. It's 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 intense, but I'm glad I passed that training stuff, and uh, now I get to actually start and do that, so I can build some uh, build for the show, build for my totally. music career, and just build. Totally. What about you? How was your week? Uh, this week has been good. Well, we we haven't seen each other in two weeks. Um, right? So we took a little break last week because I moved. Um, I I am in my new Hollywood apartment. It's Ooh. very it's very cute. However, my upstairs neighbors are the noisiest fucking people I have ever met in my entire life. Really? What happened? I mean, I'm asking you what happened. Like I like I haven't. Been so there. like the first few nights I was there, the like just loud loud mariachi music, and then it was just like. Okay, this is fine for now. Like, there's, there's, it's the weekend. Like, it's whatever. And then, like, Monday came around, and uh, they busted out a microphone, and they start like singing along with the loud, loud music and stuff. And like, they had this this giant blaring speaker, which obviously has to be sitting on the floor or something, because mm. it's like, oh my god, it's like right in my ears. And then, not only do they bring out the microphone, they brought out a guitar. Mm-hmm. Which they do not know how to play. So they've <laughs> just fun. been sitting there going, bang, 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 like pretending to play guitar along with this loud music and, mm. sing- and screaming on the microphone. Wait, was it an electric guitar? No, it was like a like an acoustic guitar. Oh, okay. Like pre- pretending to play along with the with the thing. It's like this is ridiculous now. And I finally complained, and and they told them to shut up, and and they finally have. But now they just like to move furniture around. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> you, all the time. Because you killed their fun. Yeah, all the time. They just oh. like scream and and 
and move furniture around. That's what they do now. Well, anyways, Hollywood. <laughs> Don't you wanna go to Hollywood? But the apartment itself is really cute, and, and I I like it. It is cute. And you did so. I, I just saw from the beginning mm -hmm. because I, I'm acting like I haven't seen it. I helped you move. And I saw just in the beginning when there's nothing in there, mm -hmm. and then how you just rearranged everything and made it your yours, and you you just you did work wonders. Yeah, well, it, it's lucky because like there's like tall ceilings. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. So yeah. like all my artwork and stuff can go on there, and, and all the posters and everything. So just build everything up. That's kind of like how you save space. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it looks nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but anyways, uh, if anybody. If anybody wants to come over, uh, anybody wants to come over and hang out, we totally can. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyways, should we get into some news? Yes, let's get into some do -do 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 -do. news stories. All right, so this first news, ep uh, news episode, news episode, <laughs> new episodes. Where new am episodes. I? Um, so we know Elon Musk has a, a new, uh, venture out now where he obviously is like a big tech tycoon. He, he, uh, is sending people to Mars soon mm -hmm. and all this stuff, but now he's selling his own internet. If you didn't know that. Yes. It's called Starlink internet, uh, internet. And he just launched about 60 satellites. So SpaceX has launched 60 Starlink, SpaceX has launched 60 Starlink internet satellites to orbit on a mission that notched a booster reusability milestone for the company. The two-stage Falcon 9 rocket topped with a 60 broadband spacecraft lifted off from the Space Launch Complex 40 at Cape Canaveral Space Force Station on February 4th at 1.19 a.m. Uh, approximately nine minutes later, the rocket's first stage re returned to Earth, landing smoothly on one of the SpaceX's drone ships in the Atlantic Ocean. The massive ship named, of course, I Still Love You, <laughs> uh, is one of the two SpaceX vessels that catch falling boosters and return them to port. So basically what ends up happening is like one of the boosters just like falls off and then they catch it again and they reuse it. Oh, okay. So, so that recycling, booster it's, recycling. It's new. Like, I don't think anybody's ever done that before. Whoa. But now he's actually kind of fine-tuned this reusable God, thing are. too. But they launched all these uh, satellites too. So today's launch was the first of two nearly back-to-back -back starting liftoffs. Another one was the next day. Uh, uh, scheduled to take flight on Friday morning, February 5th, on a different Falcon 9. So they have a second one that already went up in space, too. Which, uh, there's 120 satellites out there now. Jeez. Starlink is Musk's new $99 a month internet service that claims to add another notch under the tech mogul's belt. Starlink internet services uh, is currently taking pre-orders, also. $99? $99 a month. Now, I pay $60 a month already. I pay fifty, and I don't want to pay a penny more. Right. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I kind of want to get it though. I would, I would get it for fifty dollars. For, for for fifty. Yeah. yeah. Because in half, Elon, I might do it. You know. Yeah, I, I kind of still want it though, because like I just want to have a piece of Tesla. You know. Oh yeah. yeah I still yeah. just want a piece of Tesla in my life. I know so much Tesla you can break. I drive out in El Monte now for my mm -hmm. for my job. Mm -hmm. I see Teslas all the time out there. Oh yeah. It's like kind of. A, not a great neighborhood, but like some parts of it, there's Teslas driving around. I that's I don't know why that surprised me, but it, it it does. Yeah. Well, New Year, New Planet. That's what I named this one. So there is a story out there that I really like. So an international team of astronomers has found a, a habitable planet uh, maybe lurking in the Alpha Centauri binary star system. 
It's a mere 4.37 light years away, not too far. And it could be one of the closest habitable planets uh, to date. Uh, so there are a total of three stars in the system, Alpha Centauri A, B, and the Proxima uh, Centauri, a small red dwarf star that's actually closer to us, 4.42, uh, 4.24 rather, light years away. And it has a uh, looser gravitational relationship with the other two. Right. Now, there is a uh, the large telescope, uh, VLT, in Chile found uh, a bright... <laughs> Very large telescope. Yeah. That's what it's v called. V VLT, very large telescope. I love that. I love the acronym. Keep it simple. Right? Uh, they found a bright thermal imaging signal coming from the habitable zone of Alpha Centauri A. The signal was found through the near, here's another one, near, near Earth. Why? You can't, no, no, you can't do that. I know. Near Earth's uh, Alpha Centauri region. Number one, there's a C in there. And number two, you can't have an acronym called near and the first word is near that just right like, I, i'm gonna complain about that i'm gonna write your senator but uh it's a three million dollar project for three million dollars i couldn't thought of a better name right uh, but it's a project it's supported by the eso and breakthrough watch uh which is an initiative backed by the israeli russian billionaire yuri milner now the planet in question hasn't even been named yet uh, and its existence it hasn't really been verified. It's home to, uh, if it's home to life, though, it should be probably microbial, <laughs> microbial uh, life hanging out there in the clouds. And the uh, signal could very well be caused by any number of other explanations, like hot cosmic uh, dust. Hot cosmic dust. That's my new band name. <laughs> or stray photons. That's my other band name. That's, that's, a, that's the album title. <laughs> Uh, confirming the planet's existence shouldn't be too hard as astronomers uh, simply have to observe the object again and see if its new position corresponds with an orbit. So it's not really clear when any kind of follow-up is going to happen, but I think they should have done it already, and I'm, I'm going to write my senator right. about that shit. <laughs> Sir. Hot cosmic dust. Hot cosmic dust. <laughs> I, just like the the way that, I just like the way that sounds. New photons. Um, so this next one we have is called... Oh, so this was a suggestion by our friend Hisset. Hi, Hisset. Um, it's a, a news story that was uh, suggested by him about quantum holograms. Ooh. So uh, holograms are not just Tupac at Coachella. Right, 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 right. They are now kind of a little bit more than that. So a new technique involving entangled photons has led to a world first. Physicists have overcome a significant limitation of traditional holography by using quantum mechanics to successfully encode information within a hologram. Uh, so this could result in a significant upgrade to holography, which entertainment purposes, uh, from entertainment purposes to more serious applications such as medical imaging. So classical holography does very clever things with the direction. Uh, color and polarization of light, but it has limitations, such as interface from unwanted light sources and strong sensitivity to mechanical instabilities, uh, said physicist Hugo Dafayen in the University of Glasgow in Scotland. Uh, holograms are something many people see every day. In, in simple terms, they're made from manipulating light to produce a two-dimensional two representation of a three-dimensional image, mm. like on a money, like on a... 
uh, the twin orb or whatever. Oh yeah. Um, so holograms. Okay, yeah, they're used for security purposes on banknotes, bank cards, and passports. But their applications range widely from art and entertainment to navigation to medical imaging. Uh, the potential uses are exciting too. Data storage is one still being worked on. When the kinks are ironed out, holog holographic memory could be the next big thing in high capacity data storage. Ooh. So we're one step closer to um, help me, Obi Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. Right? <laughs> that would be kind of cool. R two D two though, you know, he was like, if for you know for a droid, I mean, he couldn't he talk. Why couldn't he talk? But it's so weird that they could understand his computer language. Yeah, that was that freaked me out. Yeah, I don't understand that. Me? I, can I tell you? I've only seen like maybe like two, maybe three Star Wars movies. All oh. out of order. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't think, I think I've, seen, I've seen fully the first one. The first one as in Star Wars or the Star first Wars. one as in... Okay, so episode uh, one, four. Four. I don't I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, Star Wars start, started it all. That was episode four. Then Return of the Jedi was episode... I mean, excuse me. Uh, Empire Strikes Back was five. Then Return of the Jedi was six. Then they went back to one. And then they did seven, eight, and nine. Okay. Yeah. So Star Wars, <laughs> all out of order, the first kind one of. It, it started at Episode Four. A New Hope was what Star Wars was, actually was. Okay. Yeah. So you saw the one that was like in the '90s, or the one that was like in the late '70s. Late '70s. Oh yeah, Star Wars. Yeah, that's Episode Four. Yeah, th th that was with the good ones. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> See, I, I literally have no idea. I watched the most. Well, not the most recent one. I don't even think it was what, Episode. I don't even know. I saw it in the theater maybe a year and a half ago. Oh, was it the last one? The uh, Rise of Skywalker? Is it the last one? Maybe, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I still... Had, it seemed really familiar, mm -hmm. that whole movie itself, but I don't know. There are no new stories. There are no new stories. I don't stories. know anything about... No in, in the world, there are no new stories, but there are news stories. There are news stories. And you talked about Quant... Quantum. Quantum. Quantum holography. Quantum. We have that there's also quantum teleportation. What? So a team uh, in the uh, University of Science and Technology of China as the Chinese Academy of Sciences has made progress in the high-dimensional quantum teleportation. Ooh. The research team <laughs> demonstrated the teleportation of high-dimensional states in a three-dimensional six-photon system. So to transmit uh, unknown quantum states from one location to another, quantum teleportation is the key is one of the key technologies to realize long-distance uh, transmission. As early as 2016, I don't want to say 2016, researchers from USTC, USTC, uh, sounds like a gang, uh, experimentally showed that teleportation can be produced from single particles through a two-particle system, which did not violate any physics uh, by themselves and generated three-dimensional entanglement. I, I want to study on this because it's like, what? Yeah. In 2020, that crazy year, 32-dimensional quantum entanglement through 11-kilometer fiber were achieved to lay a solid foundation for scramble quantum networks. That's my second band. Uh, <laughs> this study paves the way to rebuild human quantum systems remotely and to construct complex quantum networks. Uh, it will promote the research for a high-dimensional quantum information task and a future particle teleportation. 
I have no idea what any of that means. Well, they're going to teleport some particles. So I guess if they can teleport particles, you know, pieces of light from one place to another and little small things, yeah. then they can, through eventually, wires, eventually yeah. do larger things. Yes, they, it's a microcosm of what, uh, of the macrocosm that will be to come. So we went from Star Wars to Star Trek. Yes, <laughs> yes. Or as I used to call it when I was a kid, Star Trek. Star Trek. <laughs> Quantum. Quantum. <laughs> you, know, you ever know anything about quantum physics? <laughs> um, so a lot of people. So we live in Los Angeles, obviously. So a lot of people here already are familiar with our air quality. Mm. It's pretty bad at times. Um, since the pandemic, it's actually been pretty nice, but uh, recently it's gotten pretty bad as well. Oh, no. uh, so the LA County battles against the unrelenting coronavirus and air pollution control agency says that it has temporarily suspended limits on cremations in order to assist. No. Yeah. I seriously, I want to, I, I'm going to be cremated. I mean, not like tomorrow. Or I anything. do too. Yeah. I, I like that idea. I don't like the idea of my body just being the earth. Yeah. Or in, in a box in the earth. I'm an air sign. So. No, no, no. Um, but the, uh, or we can turn into a tree. Oh, you can do that too. That's like a that's like forty bucks or something like that. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna look into that. Um, the South Coast Air Quality Management District says in a news release that Sunday that permits for crematoriums usually contain limits on a number of human remains that can be cremated each month, based on the potential impact that they have on the air quality. Uh, but after requests from both the cor county coroner and health department, the agency issued an emergency order suspending permit conditions that limit the number of cremations as long as crematoriums submit an email notice and meet certain requirements. Mm. Uh, so this has all led to slightly poor air quality around the region and will probably do so until the bodies in question are all cremated. Uh, so the Los Angeles County Health officials reported Sunday more than 13,800 people have died of COVID-18 since, since the pandemic start, and more than 7,400 remain hospitalized with the virus, 23% of whom are in the ICU. So Jeez. basically, there's a backlog of, backlog of bodies that need to be cremated, and they're not, they're just kind of sitting in storage, basically. Just chilling. And so now they're like, okay, well, we got to burn these bodies, so we're just going to like start pumping them out. Guess what? Oh. There's dead bodies floating around us all the time. Oh no, that's how the zombie apocalypse. We're starts, breathing baby. in body dust, like body dust. Body dust. Isn't like that, that fucking weird? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's weird. I like weird though. Breathing in Aunt Trudy. Oh no, not Aunt Trudy, baby. <laughs> oh, I think my mother had an Aunt Trudy, uh, or it was a cousin Trudy, cousin Trudy. Um, so uh, I should call it Mini Brain. Right? <laughs> so we created a, we didn't create a mini brain, but we, we could one day. Okay. Researchers have discovered a tiny brain-like organoids uh, that contain a gene variant harbored in two extinct human relatives, Neanderthals and Denisovans. Denisovans? Denisovans. Uh, Denisovans. Oh, I said a U. Uh, Denisovans. Uh, the tissue is made up by engineering human stem cells. Uh, and it's, you know, they're far too, from being true representations of these species' brains, but they show two distinct, uh, or they show distinct differences from human organoids, including size, shape, and texture. So the findings published in the Science Magazine on February 11th, that was uh, two days from this mm -hmm. ago from this recording, could help scientists understand the genetic pathways that allowed human brains to evolve. So the researchers, uh, led by Allison Maturi, uh, a neuroscientist in the University of California, San Diego, USCD, 
DC, whatever. Um, use the gene editing uh, technique CRISPR, uh, CAS9, to introduce the Neanderthal and Denisovian form of the gene called N-O-B-A-L, or N-A-V-N-O-V-A-1, mm-hmm. but NOVA in capital. It's a, uh, uh, an acronym for something that we don't know. Uh, I'm sure. Maybe the N stands for NOVA. Um, <laughs> into human stem cells. So they're lo- looking at from there to human stem cells, uh, which can develop into any cell type. Yeah. So if researchers can uh, understand the evolutionary pathway that brought humans to our current state, he says they might improve the understanding of diseases specific to the human brain. The brain. So that, that's kind of interesting. Like they just have like a tiny little brain, like in a jar. It's a little bitty ass brain. That they just they they grew from like a petri dish essentially. Yeah. That's fucking weird. Did they have a skull around it, or is it just like the, the brain it's just, just chilling? It's just the brain. You are too young to remember the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoon, aren't you? No, I remember. Remember the Krang the brain? Yeah. Straddler, we need some mutagen for this <laughs> purpose. I love that little movie. I, I'm reading that, and that's what I'm thinking of. Krang, like a little brain just walking around. Oh my goodness. Yeah. We we talked about CRISPR though before too. Like they they use that to kind of like genetically like engineer things. Yes, that's so cool. That's so interesting. CRISPR. Anywho, um, we're gonna take a quick break, and uh, for those of us that are joining us for the podcast, we'll be uh, listening to our interview with Angel Idealism. <gasps> Stay tuned on our YouTube uh, channel where we will be talking about Astrology Corner and Jay's Cosmic Insights. We will. Basically, no, uh, Visalia, Visa, LIA. It's a very small town near Fresno. I, I totally got that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> September 2nd, 1988, a very good year, by the way, yes. um, at 10 18 a.m. Yes. Okay, so a.m., not p.m. A.m. Yeah. All right, so um, this time date you play gives you Libra Ascendant. So yes. when somebody first meets you, they meet a Libra. And I know this chart format very well because I also have Libra rising, a totally different degree, but I I get you. So um, people with Libra rising uh, can be very thoughtful and considerate towards others, Mm -hmm. and so you attract selfishness in a partner. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Which is great for us. No, it's not. Okay. It's great for them because we give so much and we think about everything they need yeah and they never think about us because yeah. they're rising as well now the good news about libra rising it's ruled by venus and so it means that you will age very well okay good 
So, like, for example, I'm 8,000 years old, but I look 7,000 in photos. It's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) No one would know I am 8,000 years old. I feel it in my bones, but no one would know because they have Libra, right? So, uh, Libra is ruled by Venus, and Venus rules youthful beauty or youthful attractiveness. Uh, People that have Libra in their first house often get invited to fabulous parties um, because they remember to say please and thank you and to write those nice notes or cards. Things that most people wouldn't think of, people with Libra rising, we just naturally do it. And, of course, we naturally attract selfish people. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this person's nice. Let me take advantage. (laughs) Yes, yes. People people confuse kindness for weakness, especially, I don't know, but where you are in New York City, it's just like, and then, you know, I have to be the tough guy again. It's like, Uh oh, my God, did we have to, can I just be a... Can I just be a nice bitch, motherfucker? Can I just be a nice bitch? I feel a punk rock song coming on. Totally. I love that. I'll probably burst into a punk rock song now and again, you know, throughout the session. Oh, and at seven o'clock my time, I'm going to yell out the window for about one minute. So that's it's a, I love that actually. That's that's. Get it, get it I hear the video. I see the videos online. It's amazing. Well, these are like unplugged videos without all my, you know, fucking hair and shit. But well, like, I, like there's Sarah, Sarah Silverman was like out there banging pots and pans, like for. To, oh, all those, yeah, 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 yeah. So I don't use pots and pans. I scream out the window with my microphone and I play my theremin. Yes, that's cool. For about a minute or two, so you get a free concert as part of this this service. Okay, <laughs> that's cool. So, all right. So theoretically, the reason why you attract uh, selfish partners is so that you can learn to be more, uh, to have more self-assertion. Yeah, I can see because that. Because there's just sort of a natural codependent quality when you have Libra rising, because Libra rules relationships, so you naturally think in terms of partnerships and we, not just me, okay? Yeah. But learning to say, hey, this is what I want, this is what I need, is part of the lesson here, because you have the opposite of the natural, not on every cusp, but on uh, uh, several of the cusps. Um, because it's natural to have Aries rising, and it's natural to put yourself first, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God, what a great idea. It never occurs to me or to you. Yeah. So if you're surrounded by selfish people, learning how to have boundaries and say, hey, what are my needs? Yeah. So you realize your needs through others, but sometimes it needs to be that you just know what you want in independently of others. Totally. All right. So, um, so that's the Libra Ascendant, so that gives you Aries Descendant. Aries is ruled by Mars, um, and so it means that you may have somewhat aggressive partners as well, or that you would want the partner to do more of the pursuing, mm-hmm. you know. So in these days, every boys are not boys and girls are not girls, and everything's all meshed up, and da 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 you know. So, so you know, who's who's going to pursue who on the dance card? Who would know now? I, I, you know, I can't figure it out. But anyway, so Aries rules, uh, uh, is ruled by Mars, and Mars rules aggression and fighting. Um, so you want to try to avoid, you know, a relationship where there's a lot of fighting and aggression. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, that's if you're with a selfish person or a narcissist, you're going to have lots of that. So um, I, I call them narcissists. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> I'm just, the- I'm kind of blown away because I'm actually kind of, I'm immediately going to like several physical uh, altercations I've gotten with exes in the past. But this is a this is a lesson that I've definitely felt I've been learning. For sure. Okay. Well, it's sort of the chart layout. It's just a, it's kind of a brutal way because yeah. the chart is the opposite of the natural incarnation of a chart. It's natural right. to say, this is what I want. This is what I want in a relationship. 
But it's like, what would you want? Would you? And then, you know, you try to create selfish people, and then eventually you fight back because, you're, you know, yeah. you're not totally passive. And, like, what? And Libras just hate injustice, like yeah. social injustice, yeah. uh, political injustice, injustice in relationships, but you often attract it when you have, you know, Libra yeah. rising. Yeah. So anyway, so trying not to get into fights with currents or with exes, um, and but realizing who you let into your life and taking responsibility for that. Mm-hmm. Like, I felt like I was Rip Van Winkle. I woke up, like, uh, like in 2017, and like, who are these fucktards I've been hanging out with for 30 fucking years? Oh, my God. Like, what? how did I just all of a sudden see how fucked up they were? Because some transits were happening. But anyway, yeah. whoa. So anyway, so just learning to balance that. So in the seventh house, now the seventh house is also the house of clients, by the way. So if you have a job where you work for yourself and clients come to you, they can come to you because you're an expert in some way, or you have an expert next to your name, and they're mm-hmm. people, oh, he's an expert, let me go to him. So you could be an expert on art and commerce, because your Admetos is in Taurus, um, and Taurus rules money, and Taurus rules commerce, and Taurus rules something artistic or beautifying that could be money drawing. Mm-hmm. So... Maybe teaching artists how to make money for themselves or um, just being somebody who sells merchandise or something that's like physical goods mm-hmm. um, is, is one indication of Taurus, uh, Midos and Taurus in this house. All right, so now back to the first house. You have, I, I include the trans-Neptunians just, just so, you know, okay. <laughs> that's why my readings take forever because I'm like, oh, wait, here's another interesting fixed star <laughs> or a trans-Neptunian. Most astrologers are like, oh, whatever. But I find these to be like the chives on the big potato. Um, I like to have metaphors for things that they can't eat, <laughs> like <laughs> carbs. That, We're going to be talking a lot about carbs tonight. <laughs> All right, let me say that. So anyway, so Poseidon, okay. Poseidon is um, like a, ne- a super Neptune without the shitty side. Because Neptune can be beautiful, but it also can be deceptive and deadly. Think of the ocean. Yeah. I love the ocean. I swim in it for hours and hours and hours and hours. I wouldn't want to be dropped in the middle of it, ever, because yeah. it's also terrifying. That's Neptune. So Poseidon doesn't have the scary vibe. It's like if you're in, a, uh, in the ocean in a big magic bubble. That's, mm-hmm. that's Poseidon. So Poseidon rules spiritual enlightenment and illumination, wisdom, um, et cetera, et cetera. It's very airy-fairy, as, as we say. Mm-hmm. And you have it conjoined your ascendant. So not only is it just in the first house, it's right up on within a one degree orb of your actual ascendant. So, uh, and think of your ascendant against your face for society. So you come across as somebody who um, has spent time to work on their spiritual self. Mm-hmm. Of course, in a punk rock way. Totally. <laughs> spiritual punk rock. Yes, <laughs> it, it exists. <laughs> no, it's like a cult of two at this point. At least two of us. At least. Okay. As long as there's two. Yeah, more, more exactly. <laughs> All right, that's wonderful to have Poseidon rising. That could be a pickup line. Hey, babe, I've got Poseidon rising. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> They'll think of that scary movie from the 70s <laughs> with um, Shirley, what's her face? Um, McLean? Uh, no, you know what I mean. It's like the Poseidon adventure and like everybody dies. But, gotcha. but there's a few, few heroes. But anyway, so that's wonderful to have this right on your ascendant. Um, and that's like sort of like your calling card, as it were. And it's in Libra, so you would also like a spiritually evolved partner, but you never seem to get one. Yeah. <laughs> Just work on you. That's yes. Work on you. Uh, are so important to you when you have Libra rising, but at a certain point, you just get tired of, you know, things not going your way or people just sort of imploding on you, and you're like, oh. So again, 
learning to take responsibility for who you attract and who you let into your life. Yes. Um, all right. So Pluto is in your first house. So I'm going to walk back a little bit on the Libra rising. So, for example, you don't have Scorpio rising. You have the planet that rules Scorpio in your first house. Mm-hmm. And you also have intercepted cousin in the first house. So you come across as a kitten and then you're like, Yeah. And Pluto is surveillance. Like, I'm watching. I'm watching. You. I'm analyzing. Yeah. Somebody's watching me. You, you, you are the one who's watching. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it, it's like having paranoia rising, but it's not on your ascendant. You've got that lovely Libra wanting fairness and justice and just wanting to be an attractive flower out in the world, not letting wanting to get cut down by a sickle, you know, yeah. a scythe, as it were. But us flowers. So Pluto in the first house gives you a bit of fight. Um, it, it makes you very a little bit on the paranoid side because you see and observe so much around you. Mm-hmm. You know, like how they have those video intercoms. Like I've always wanted one, so you can see the the person down there. I love those things. <laughs> I want to have ten in my house. <laughs> Is it a shark down there? Is it a salesman who's downstairs? So you have a built-in, like if you can have eyes in your back of your head, you'd be fine with that. And you're Pluto in Scorpio. Hello, millennial. So Pluto is in a sign for 10 whole years, so it denotes an entire generation. And have you studied astrology? Yeah, I have. It's it's strongly indicated in your chart, by the way, um, that you should study astrology. Some people don't. Some people don't take out the finer qualities of their chart, but you've, you've you've got it built in. Yeah. All right. So um, Pluto is in its rulership uh, position in the sign of Scorpio. And if you've been wondering why millennials are obsessed with gender um, and destroying gender, destroying the way we've known as boys and girls and wanting to morph into whole gender, it's because your generation has Pluto, the, the sign of transformation, in the sign of Scorpio, which is a very sexual sign. Mm-hmm. So your generation is looking to blow up gender as we've known it in the past um, and to... Um, transform into yet another gender. So the trans movement is very huge mm-hmm. um, based on millennialism. Yeah. Other generations could give a shit about it, but this generation, and so the Gen Z is going to have another thing to obsess over. So Pluto is what we obsess over as per a generation, a generational obsession, and your generation is obsessed with not being boys, not being girls, and being yet another thing. So I did oh. drag for six years, too. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. (laughs) Yes, Queen. (laughs) So yes, you and so put on the first house means that you go through extreme transformation in the way you look and come across to others because Uh the first house is the house of physical appearance. Mm -hmm. Like just you know, throwing on a wig is not enough for you. You gotta do uh, the whole Mm -hmm. nine because. Pluto and Scorpio is extreme and intense, and you would have it no other way. Yeah. Like, I have a client who has, I never say names in contest, but he has Pluto, he has his Scorpio rising and Pluto right on his end. And he, he looked at me and he said, are you intimidated by me because I'm a six-foot-eight black guy? And I said, are you intimidated by me because I'm not? <laughs> and I said, sit the fuck down. He goes, okay. Oh, my God. <laughs> I love telling you the six-foot man, I just sit the fuck down. He's like, oh, no. Right. <laughs> he was a, puppy that with my puppy and he was third years my senior but who's counting really oh my god anyway so anyway you have also cupido in the first house and cupido is a minor trans neptunian 
Um, but the fact that you have it very close to your Pluto in the first house gives it a little bit more weight. Mm -hmm. uh, it indicates that you may want to have a beautifully decorated home. You may have yes. artists in your environment. You want to surround yourself with artists. Yes, Who does I that? Do. Well, some people do. Some people want to go to Krispy Kreme. What can I say? <laughs> um, and so you want artistic people around you in your home, preferably in your family if you can help it, yep. or your drag family. Uh, and it says people love to come to your house and meetings. Come on in my house, my house, but come on. Mm -hmm. But the punk version. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, you've got a kind of intense uh, uh, first house. Uh, well, the first house, your seventh house is more mellow in terms of what's in it. Uh, but again, the, the first and seventh house is your personal axis, your own personal Jesus. Mm -hmm. The first house, seventh house, it's all on you to get your personal needs fulfilled. Right. The first house, what you put out and about, you as the many in society, and the seventh house, who's going to put a ring on it? Who's going to be the one and one? Okay. okay. All right. So second and eighth is the financial axis. You have Scorpio on the cusp of this house. You're all or nothing, do or die when it comes to money. A yes is a yes, a no is a no, a maybe is why the fuck we still talk to. Mm -hmm. So when somebody comes to you with some half-ass money shit, that's a no. Yep. And you must trust your instincts about money. If you get a bad juju about money, a money deal, that is a big no. If yep. you get a meh, that's also a no. And yep. that's the Scorpio way. Uh, a yes is a strong feeling. A no is anything that's not a strong feeling. That's the way slash Scorpio uh, uh, works. Right. All right. And so the second house, you don't have a lot in your second house. It doesn't mean you'll never make money. It just means that money's not your makeup. It's not the most important thing in your whole world. I was about to do some rap, but I stopped myself in time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, you have Scorp uh, I'm sorry, not Scorpio. It's, um, Saturn at the very end of your second house, but really belonging to the third. So there's a causal effect between second and third because you've got a, a major planet. Well, actually, two major planets kind of straddling this cup. So that means money is tied to communication and communication about serious esoteric studies. Um, uh, for example, astrology would yeah. be one. And I'll, I mean, I'm going to flesh that out and get into that, more into that when we get to your third house. But right now, we're still at the second. And in astrology, we call it the four-degree rule. Some say the six-degree rule. If an astral body is within a few degrees of the next cusp, it features or favors that house more than the house that it's in. Um, but like an amateur astrologer would say, oh, you'll be impoverished with Saturn in your second house. Not true. The fear of not having money, the fear of loss of money is a fire under your butt to make money. Yeah. Yeah, because you're like, Saturn is what we fear. And if it's in the second house, anywhere near the second house, you're like, where's my money? I don't yeah. feel safe. Where's yeah. my money? Is it under the mattress? Is it in the pillowcase? Is it in the bank? Is it yeah. in Venmo? Where's my money? You know, you, you need to have, you need to be structured, organized, and disciplined wherever Saturn is. And it has more of an effect on the third house of communication, which I'm going to get up into in a minute. So that means, uh, sometimes it means getting a government paycheck. Saturn in the second house. It's not. It's not anywhere near to the cusp of the second. It's at the very end, and it's not not in the same sign as the cusp. So it's not particularly strong in this house. It's at the very end, end, end of the house. Right. Uh, but for more on Saturn when we get to the third. So your Saturn is in the sign of Sagittarius. So that means you need to uh, explore the length and breadth of the world and of your mind and of your philosophy. Um, it's important not to be 
to sell yourself short in terms of your philosophies and to and to flesh them out and to explore them as much as possible. So if you haven't been to Spain, go to Spain. If you haven't been all over the world, go all over the world. Um, if you're limited in your philosophies or if your financial situation limits you in your philosophies, that's where you need to get the funding to go to school, where you need to say, hey, I need to step up. I want this. Yeah. Okay. And Saturn is, a, is an odd bird. Um, it's an incredibly important planet, uh, but it has a bad rap because it can be fucking pure evil sometimes. It's just, it hurts. You know, when, when you're on the bad end of Saturn, oh man, that's ouchy wah Yeah. Um, so um, learning to go all out in terms of uh, your philosophy, your travels, your uh, your education. There could have been sometimes you wanted to be more well-educated and could you wanted to travel more and couldn't for some reason. So with Saturn, you must make the effort. And by overcoming our Saturn, that's how we grow up. That's how um, the fine steel goes through the fire to become finer steel. Mm-hmm. It tests you yeah. until you are strong. And Saturn rules bones and teeth and anything that's left over after we expire. So it rules what is enduring and what is important. Okay, so it's very, it's, it's structurally important. It also has to do with authority figures. It's important um, so for me to room- make the money. It's important for me to, to fund my, my ideas and to fund my goals and to explore. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, exactly. 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 But Saturn is where we have to put some effort in. It's the 99% perspiration. Yeah. Jupiter is the 1% inspiration. It's easy. It's lucky. It's great. Saturn is void and I earned that. Saturn rewards you for due diligence so you know sometimes you know when again when you're up hard on a saturn aspect like i have saturn right on the sun right now which is by transit which is you know so wonderful (laughs) yeah um yeah uh but understanding saturn understanding your relationship with authority figures your relationship with discipline separates the men from the boys that were Mm -hmm. if men want to be separated from the boys you know (laughs) Sometimes boys want to be girls. <laughs> Too far. Me, I can't believe it. All right. Oh, wait, you found you found me on Guys Be Fun? Yes, yeah. Oh, all right. So there's no such thing as going too far. No, no, no. I'm yeah, yeah. Girl. you can say whatever. <laughs> I, I want to go on their show to Nothing talk bothers about me. <laughs> I want to go on their show to talk about Corona. I don't know if they'll have that, but they, they were so sweet. I love them. I still haven't listened to that goddamn tape. I'm going to do it in lockdown, I promise. I just get so busy and I, I, I forget. Anyway, so um, now the opposite cusp, we have Taurus. Ooh, are you familiar with Al Ghul Kaput? No. Al Ghul oh, Kaput? Let's talk. Okay. Well, you have a demon star on the cusp of your eighth house. Yeah. The eighth house is sex, death, and taxes. It's a Scorpio house. It's a very loaded house. You don't have, you have the, again, you have the opposite sign than the natural rule. You have Taurus on the cusp of this house, uh, but it's a Scorpio house. But the deal with Taurus is, um, this particular degree of Taurus, um, it's, a, it's a twisted, evil, dark star, the, the uh, uh, binary blinking stars of the Taurus Epsilon Bowl constellation, uh, the bullseye, as it were. Uh, 24 degrees is kaput, as it uh Al Ghul um, is uh, boils down to the same Latin, uh, Latin root as alcohol. So um, I'm going to give you some. Now, if you feed the, these demons twisted dark art 
and music, they will give you wealth and fame in your lifetime. If you feed the demon alcohol, your life is absolute shit. Okay. <laughs> you just blew my mind right there. <laughs> Bye, Sloan. Bye. <laughs> what is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> music. Let's look at the Guernica. Okay. Twisted, dark, cows, women, tits. Uh, you know. Um, he was, he did the Guernica, uh, Picasso did the Guernica to free people from fascism. What the fuck? That's intense, right? So, um, uh, Salvador Dali, the twisted clocks, the craziness, the art and the science. You know, he he was he was a, a, a wild person. I actually just saw uh, the Dali Museum in uh, was it Tampa, Florida. It was just amazing. It was yeah, it was amazing. I'd never been. I'd only was down there for a few days. And it was just like amazing. So he fed the demon, and he had wealth and fame in his lifetime. Very few artists have fame in their lifetime. So you mm-hmm. have to feed the demon. You know. That idea of selling your soul to the devil, that is our goal. Actually, just I wrote a paper on that. I haven't published it yet, but, but I will. Um, my chart is going to, progress chart is going to change, and I'm going to start writing more. All right. So for you, this is on your house. This is on your financial access. The second and eighth is the financial access. And you are much better at getting people to give you money than you are at making your own. Okay. Work, you better not work, motherfucker. <laughs> if you're not working, you're not, you better not work, motherfucker, not work. Yeah, because working is just like not for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> working is not for me at all. <laughs> no, no, forget it. So if you have your own business or if you work for a corporation, they're going to want to give you money or invest in you because you're twisted and dark in some way. And you have some unique way of making art and commerce work for you. Um, and I'm going to give you one more example. Johnny Depp. He rode Al Ghul all the way to the fucking bank until Amber heard shit on his bed. I hate her so much. I hate her. I hate her. I hate her. She's still not punk rock. Yeah, right. Anyway, so every film he's ever been in is so Al Ghul-esque. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, Freddy Krueger. Edgy, think edgy, edgy, edgy. Okay, uh, Captain Jack Sparrow, Edward Scissorhands, uh, uh, the uh, barber, uh, what is it, the barber who cuts off people's heads. Every single thing, he's got a knife, he's got knives coming out of his hands. He's as edgy as you can fucking get, but he's also mainstream. Yeah. So he made a decision long ago to be creepy, to be weird, to be horror, to be whatever it is that he is, that's artistic and edgy, and he's got to be a gazillionaire. Okay. Mm-hmm. So this is on a financial axis. So do not burn the candle at both ends. Do not feed the demon uh, alcohol, demon rum, and, and drugs, because the demon will basically turns into an asshole. Yeah. So it's, and it's, it's not to be born. But Twisted Dark Art and Music... Major corporations will invest in you. You could have your own company and make shit tons of money with this chart. Just based on Al Ghul Kaput on the cusp of your financial access. 
the access where people give to you. This is the um, a second house is how you make your money. And you've got, you know, Scorpio, uh, Scorpio rising on it and Saturn setting on it. So it's like you've had some hardships with money. But if you can tune into this ability of the qualities I just uh, discussed with you, the money will be exponential. And you also have uh, Zeus, Zeus, which is like a loaded gun, not a gun like shooting people, but just like energy that's directed, um, is forming a trine to the cusp of that house. I'm more on that later, more on that later. But anyway, so in the eighth house, you have a lot of good bits in there. Um, are you due to inherit money from family? Not to my knowledge. <laughs> my grandparents are rich. Um, I don't know how much they have in savings, but that's the only thing I can possibly think of. You, I would be absolutely shocked if you did not inherit money from them. Yeah. Okay. okay. Um, one, Taurus is ruled by Venus, so there's a Venusian vibe. And, oh, oh that's fascinating. So the ruler of your eighth house is Venus, and your Venus is in Cancer, and Cancer rules La Familia. Mm -hmm. So you're definitely, I mean, I would be absolutely, I knew this cheap bitch once, only one cheap bitch one time, live. All right, and she was always trying to get freebies off people, she was always trying to cash crash on my couch, blah, 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 and she was always trying to get a free reading. So finally I gave this bitch, I knew her for years, and she was crazy, but I gave her a free reading, friend of a friend, blah, blah, blah. And I looked at her chart, and I said, did you inherit a bunch of money from your family? She goes, yeah, I have a trust fund. <laughs> Why are you crashing on my couch then? <laughs> she goes, well, I don't want to, I don't want to use any of that money. I said, but it's okay for you to use all your friends. She goes, well, yeah. Oh my God. But I, that's how I knew as I looked, people lie charts don't. So I like, I looked at her chart and it was even more exacting because the ruler of her second was the moon, and then her moon sat in the eighth. I was, I mean, if she didn't hear her money, I mean, I need my, I need my own ass. I'm like, come on, come on. That's how I know. Anyway, from real life experience. So anyway, so we have the moon, which is the ruler of, the moon rules real estate. So if you wanted to invest, you want to invest in real estate. Totally, yeah. Because the moon rules real estate. And the eighth house is the house of investment. It's also the house of jointly owned resources of you and a marriage partner mm -hmm. or a business partner. Um, but primarily the moon in the eighth house means that you will inherit money from your family. <laughs> um, and that when you inherit money, invest it in real estate and you'll be really glad that you did. So your moon is in Gemini, which means you are of two minds about everything. Yep. <laughs> when there's red, you want to say green. When you know, when there's yellow, you want to say purple. It's just, it's the way uh, the Gemini energy balances itself or doesn't balance itself. It's bam, bam, bam. It's like kind of uh, mutable air, yeah. wacky. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, Daisy, I love him. I love him not. I love her. I love her not. I love it. I love. <laughs> I love they. I love they not. Oh, I love that one. They. Um, you just change your mind all the time. So depending on when you're asked, you can have a different opinion. You know, just the way you go. You're just changey, changey, changey. Yeah. So then, uh, but remember, this is uh, this exists in a Scorpio house. So you have a dash of Scorpio to all of these flavors here. Um, so the primary thing, let's say the the rice, is it, the moon is in Gemini. 
but you've got some bullion that's in uh, Scorpio. So you just get a flash, a date, a, a dash or flavor of the, of the house, as it were. So you're <laughs> shallow, but really fucking intense. Yeah. Let's keep it service. <laughs> Obsessed with shallow. Um, anyway, because uh, Gem- Moon and Gemini can be like, bow, 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 shallow, shallow, but Scorpio is like, you know, yeah, that's me. <laughs> this is one of my songs. I think you can Google it. All right. So then you also have Jupiter in Gemini exactly conjoined your moon. Hello, making killing real estate. Hello. Oh my God. Yeah, I'm jealous of this. I always said, I, I lived in New York most of my life. Real estate is just. It's brutal and scary here. Yeah, so anyway, so. Jupiter is your path and dharma, and you have it in Gemini. So, a dual path is, is one thing. You want to do one thing, and you want to do another thing. Gemini can't do one of anything. Yeah. One potato chip, one dick, you know, one person, yeah. one. <laughs> one is the loneliest. It's a song from the 70s now. All right. So, Jupiter, a dual path. Um, Jupiter, uh, Jupiter and Gemini, dual path. Um, and a path involving communication. Yes. Gemini's never like to stop talking. Of course, I mean you're a Virgo sign, but boy, Virgo Gemini, you must have a lot of nervous energy. I do. <laughs> I do <laughs> quite a bit. <laughs> Hard angles involving the mutable, you know, something mutable T squares. Ouchie, wawa. I got a couple of those. All right, so um, uh, so Jupiter in the eighth house uh, means that you can make a killing from investment. Jupiter next to the moon in the eighth house means you can make a killing in real estate investment. Also, the food industry. Okay. Food preparation, food growing, agriculture. Uh, restaurant touring, bar, the service industry, hospitality, sure. all things. What? Sure, yeah. <laughs> all, that doesn't mean you have to be a waiter. You know? I am a waiter. That's the thing. <laughs> but, but that is the low end of what you can do. Yeah, totally. Not that you're not amazing at it, but mm-hmm. we can go... Yeah. yeah, yeah, we can go much, much bigger and better. Yeah. And once you start investing in real estate and possibly working out of your home, communicating, and you've got some, you know, have you had your chart done before? Not this intensely. <laughs> Nobody's got, like, they get it with me. <laughs> All right. Um, so anyway, so you, oh, you've got this in. Insane grand triumph in your chart. Insane. I'm so jealous of this grand triumph. So good. You're going uh, to... Uh, grand triumph is an aspect, and yeah. aspects is the second phase. Right now, we're doing planets and signs, planets and houses, and we're, we're balling. We're, yeah. we're on a roll. All right. So I love having your moon-Jupiter exact conjunction. The conjunction is also an aspect. You have what's known as a stellium in Gemini, which means three or more placements all in the same sign back-to-back. Um, but they're... Uh, the the one is much widely spaced. If your moon and Jupiter are exactly conjoined at five degrees of Gemini, work. Wow. So you would never be hurting for work, uh, especially in hospitality, service industry, 
but more the higher brow would be communication. Yeah. Very intense communication and esoteric communications because the eighth house is the house of mystery of the afterlife of esoteric studies. Okay. So then you have Hades. Do you own any land property? No, not right now. <laughs> Do. Yeah. You know those people around with the metal detectors? You're the kind of motherfucker that if you bought like a little tiny plot of land, oh, I found gold. Oh, precious metal, <laughs> oil, look at that. I told this bitch that she was going to inherit, uh, that she should uh, reconnect with her father based on Hades and it was the fourth house or whatever. She goes, I haven't talked to my dad in 10 years. He's a bastard. I'm like, trust me, you're going to want to do this during this transit, during this time period. She emailed me two weeks later. She had inherited a gold mine. I said, I don't believe you. She said, I'm going to email you the, 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 the deed. Wow. Her dad was so happy that she called him and came to visit him. He's like, you know, I know you don't even know about this, but I'm going to put this in your name now. Wow. Wow. Because she so had it like that. So, own... so this is the house of investment, okay? And Hades rules things of value in the earth. You know how you can have, uh, you know, a piece of coal and it turns into a diamond? Mm-hmm. Press things pressurized in the earth. Uh, oil, that's a gusher. Yeah. Um. But Hades has another meaning. It rules ancient wisdom. And you, your generation has it in Gemini. And Hades stays in the sign for a very long time, I believe. Um, so um, Hades and Gemini, so your generation really blew up astrology because you were really big on communicating Gemini about ancient wisdom, mm-hmm. Hades. Now this is part of this money-drawing stellium in your uh, eighth house. And Hades is one of the rulers of Mic Drop Astrology. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, because it rules ancient wisdom. So you've got Moon, you've got Jupiter and Hades all up in your eighth house, closely, uh, c- close in orbit conjunction. Five degrees, five degrees, and eight degrees. That's, that's right up in there. And so that means the Hades is right up on your Moon-Jupiter conjunction. Well, it's part of the conjunction. That is super money dry. I have Neptune, the planet of where the fuck is it in my financial life. So it's like, <laughs> the possibility of making money, it's like, where'd it go? It's <laughs> <laughs> vanishing before my eyes. <laughs> changing decimal point. It's like, it never stays in one place. And I get to call my bank all the time. Oh yeah, we fixed it. The decimal point feels like, oh, it always moves in the wrong direction. Oh my God. But not you, Queen, not you. Okay. So then next up you have uh, Kronos. And Kronos um, is fascinating. Kronos is the shit, the word, the highest uh, possible attainable quality. Okay. And you have this in your house of esoteric studies um, and esoteric knowledge in the sign of Gemini. So communicating a very high level metaphysics. Yes. Um, And I'm going to explain its relations to other uh, aspects in your chart, how it's aspected in your chart. Interesting. And I just recently put Kronos up in the mix um, because I didn't have it in my other program and I got this new program. Those are asteroids, right? What? Those are asteroids, right? Well, it's it's a trans-Neptunian 
it's hard to really explain what that is. Some, sometimes they say it's a hypothetical point or, you know, it's, it's, but anyway, but the, the essence of it is being incredibly well-educated, uh, uh, very knowledgeable and communicating that knowledge. And you have it in a very, you know, deeply psychological and spiritual house, which is the eighth house. It's, you know, mystery, death. All those loaded subjects that yeah. people are terrified, terrified of. You're like, let me get there. <laughs> let me yeah. dive in. All right. So now uh, we're going to look at your third house and ninth house. Remember Saturn um, on the end of the, the second house and really right up on the cost within one degree of your third house. So um, Saturn is where we need to take pause and take things seriously. So you need to be structured, organized, and disciplined with your communication. Mm -hmm. okay. And you want your communication to be taken seriously. Right. And Saturn um, also means, with again, with great perseverance over time, there could be somewhat of that. You could become an expert um, or really somebody who's an authority or very knowledgeable. Okay. But again... Saturn, again, rewards for due diligence. Like when you get a diploma, it's because you worked your ass off for four years. Mm -hmm. You didn't just get handed to it. Again, 99% perspiration. Um, so uh, you get the 99% perspiration on your house of communication. So that means you really want to work and be structured, organized, and disciplined with your communication. Mm -hmm. uh, it means that communication at times could have been hard for you or you felt criticized for your communication or you felt sad or depressed about the things that you wanted to communicate, but you must persevere with Saturn. When you fall down, you got to get back up. Because once you fall down with Saturn and you go down, you, you go down hard and that's it. You're like, I'm never talking again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm talking more. But anyway, Saturn improves with age. So your communication skills improve with age. Your writing ability improves with age, especially after your 30th year, in other words, after you've completed your first Saturn return. And how old are you now? I'm 31. 31? 31. 31. So you're still quite young, but you're done with your Saturn return, which is 29. Yeah. 29 to 30. Over now. Must have been love, but it's over now. <laughs> that this decide. Which one? What? The woman Roxette, the woman who, who was Roxette, died. Oh, she died. Every, all these, yeah. all these icons are dying. I've been yeah. fighting a punk rock song. All my icons are, all my icons <laughs> are dying. All my stars are dead. There it <laughs> all is. My stars are dead. <laughs> Saturn again with both seriousness, seriousness and structure. Um, and so it would make you a serious philosopher. Okay. And a serious communicator of philosophy. Yeah. So what's interesting. Um, on the other side of your third house, so within the third house, you have Uranus, and Uranus is internet, television, and social media. Okay, so you've got Saturn next to Uranus. So remember, Saturn is the 99% uh, perspiration, and Uranus is that one crazy genius idea. Mm -hmm. Think of this as a Tim Burton aspect, and this is an aspect, I'll explain it more when we do aspects, but... Um, Tim Burton is very weird. Yeah. But every frame is so well constructed. Mm -hmm. I mean, in awe of how well made his films are. But a lot of avant-garde or things that are weird are just really shittily constructed. 
you know, like uh, like a jazz player that just noodles all the time. It's like yeah. boring. Yeah, yeah. So you don't want to just noodle and be crazy all the time. You're able to take brilliant ideas and make them happen. I've been told that. <laughs> so that's on the straddling the cusp of your second and third. That means making money from serious communications involving your brand of philosophy, serious communications involving astrology, serious communications involving internet, television, and social fucking media. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So yeah. dare to be weird, but do it well. If you can't do it well, forget it. You know, <laughs> um, it's like bringing brilliant and strange things into the world, but bringing them on a platter that people can understand. And that's very hard. Not yeah. many people can actually do that successfully. And it takes a lot of tenacity and a lot of getting knocked on your butt and people saying, you're weird. That's weird. I don't understand it. Yep. Got to do it anyway. Um, so you have Uranus and Sagittarius. Uh, Uranus is seven years in a sign. So you are the Uranus and Sagittarius generation. Uh, in other words, the older set of millennials. Not that you're old, but you're older than, mm-hmm. you know, than. Uh, well, actually, well, yeah, uh, 84 is when millennials started. Um, so anyway, so Uranus and Sagittarius, you're, you're most brilliant and insightful in higher education, travel, publishing, advertising, broadcasting, and the law. So sometimes those said enterprise makes you feel depressed or restricted, and so you sort of rebel against it. And again, that's the Tim Burton, weird done well. Mm-hmm. Right on money and communication. So your money depends on your ability to construct weird well. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. And so Saturn and Uranus are the co-rulers of astrology, by the way. So basically that energy is very Aquarian, uh, pushing the future and doing it based on science. All right, so then in the third house, you have Neptune. So Uranus and Neptune are two of the broadcast planets, and they both rule astrology. I think Uranus more so, and Neptune rules more airy-fairy and, you know, mediumship and tarot, etc. Uranus is is definitely, astrology is is scientific-based, so that's why I give it a little bit more of the Uranian um, ruler. So anyway, but these are both uh, astrology planets and both readership planets in your third house, the house of communication. So it means that you're able to draw on your creative imagination while you're communicating. And a great idea. I want to try it sometime. All right. So then you have Neptune in Capricorn. Um, you are the Neptune in Capricorn generation. Definitely. Uh, Neptune stays 14 years in the sign. So throughout most of the millennial or all millennial years, Neptune Capricorn. So um, your generation likes to through reality, hence your generation's love of reality shows. Like, I've had Jersey Shorts thrown out of a nightclub before. I, that actually happened. I was like, they're like, I can't believe you're throwing us out. I'm like, you're too dumb to even know what's happening. You have to go. <laughs> and loved it. So. And the drag queens are like, yeah, <laughs> we hate those ugly people. Anyway, get them out of here. They have no fashion. There's just trashy without fashion. It's just not okay. It's right. So anyway, this is the Gemini house. So you like to communicate, you know, like the Gemini flavor of this house in a dreamy way. Um, some, sometimes it can, you get confused in your communications. Sometimes you have to get lost in order to get found in them. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just the nature of Neptune. It's just kind of wonderkin and magical and deceptive. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. remember, it's got the shitty side, like dropped in the middle of the ocean. Like, oh my God, this is scary. All right. Because feeling lost is always 
the ninth house is higher education, travel, publishing, advertising, broadcasting, and the law. You have Gemini on the cusp of this house, um, opposite of the natural, because it's a sad house. And um, Gemini rules communication. So did you go to school to study communication? I did. <laughs> so we were meant to do? Yes. Or study psychosis. <laughs> Gemini is basically the psychotic. Side. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I excelled very well at it, and I do need to go back, I think. I've been, I think I've been called back, but... Um, You'll spend a fair amount of time in higher education yeah. because you got a lot going on in this house. First of all, you have Chiron, the wounded healer in this house. Mm -hmm. so that means college could have been kind of a painful experience, but also healing in some way. Yeah. A college may have felt like an open wound and your classmates were throwing salt on you at yeah. some point. Yeah. But you're like, I love this. I hate this. This is awful. I'm learning. Yeah. yeah. But Chiron is the learning asteroid. Mm -hmm. But it's often we learn because we're in pain about some things we have to learn. I have it at my sixth house, but you don't have it there. Oh, my God. All right. So my everyday job to be a wounded healer. I tumble for you. Mm -hmm. I'm Boy George. I know. I have, tra I have transitions. <laughs> Haven't we all? <laughs> I'm not a shallow culture club motherfucker anymore. I'm like, I'm girl George now. Okay. I've, I've met him before. He doesn't actually DJ. He has a midget. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. I've seen the midget, and it's, it is also blowing him. I'm sure. That's ridiculous. <laughs> I, I don't know for sure if that happened. I really, really think so. But anyway, it, it was like his mini me. All right. So you have Chiron in Cancer. So you see your family as an open wound with salt in it. Mm -hmm. Basically, happy Mother's Day. Yeah. Whoops. <laughs> yeah. Let's like, I just can't wait till tomorrow when it's like not that. All right. So anyway, I'm not. I'm not like a big fan person. So anyway, so um. Uh, so Chiron in Cancer means that you try, you may have gone to school in order to learn things um, and to help heal things that happened in your family domain. Um, it also means that you may want to go to school to be a healer in some way. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Reiki, psychology, philosophy. So you've had your philosophies uh, sort of shat upon a little bit in, as far as you're concerned. And you're here to sort of stick up for and be tenacious about your philosophies and your philosophies about healing, being hurt, and being healed. That's so fucking profound. I've got to change the subject. <laughs> I just, it's, Chiron is, has profundity about it. Yeah. Um, especially when it's in cancer. And then um, you have Volcanus, the asteroid of strength and power. Oh my God, I'm telling you, a hilarious story about Volcanus. In Ibiza. Yeah, it really happened. But anyway, so Volcanus is might, strength, and power, and you have it in the house of form. Like, here in New York, like, I meet celebs sometime, but it's just, like, always like, oh, it's like, but when I went to Ibiza or when I go to, to Europe, foreign countries, because I have it in the house of foreign as well, like you do, um, I will meet, like, the biggest rock stars when I know who I am. Like, I will, uh, Susie Sue from Susie and Benchy. You're a divine creature, and I must know you. And Prague, I love her. Right? <laughs> and, and I was like, I was, you want to know me? And I had this, I had Christmas lights on my head. I had this huge concoction. I must know you. But in New York, it'd be like, you know, get out of my way, you like ball bitch. You know? Right. So, so I was in Ibiza. I've got to hear this. So I was in Ibiza, and these gay promoters had hired me. I used to be a singer. So they had hired me to sing at some big club there. Um, and then they, they canceled the concert because they overbooked, and I was so pissed. And so I was at some cafe, and I said, oh, those gay guys are probably fisting each other. And this beautiful guy, uh, woman next to me, she says, oh, darling, they're probably footing. It's all the rage. And I said, who are you? She goes, just call me B. 
Um, so then the gay promoters came back and they said, you know what, we're, we're really sorry, we fucked up, you came all the way from New York, we're going to put you up in a in a hotel um, all weekend, we want to book you next week. And so, and so she said, B, she said, sounds like you'll sort it. And then when she walked away, the gay guys go, do you know Bianca Jagger? What? So I was having a conversation about fisting versus footing with B. Jagger in Ibiza. What the hell? Now this, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not bragging. Okay, I'm, I'm a little bit. But <laughs> I'm telling you the story because you also have volcanoes in the ninth house, and the ninth house is the house of foreign travel. So you'll have peak experiences in foreign lands mm-hmm. with very important people mm-hmm. treating you like family. Yeah. Because your volcanoes is in Cancer in the ninth house. So it means you could also have relatives in foreign lands that you don't even know about that you could actually get along better with, better than the family you have on state site. Mm-hmm. I sometimes want to do those DNA things. I did you one. Know, I didn't learn much. <laughs> oh, really? But I, uh, apparently I'm, a, I'm a, um, related to Obama. I, we're eight cousins. I, I... I am 1% African. Point zero 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 percent of anything else than white. Personally. But I could make up stories that I don't. But anyway, so, so anyway, so you have very peak experiences for land. Also, you could be well known for your mighty mental energetic works. In, especially in the fields of philosophy, so okay. you would, I would, it would behoove you to study philosophy or your particular brand of philosophy enough. All right, um, and it, you could have some strength, strong family connections and family connections in a uh, in a foreign land because of the house of foreign, um, and that you should definitely study in higher education as much as possible. Um, then you also have part of fortune, aka Fortuna, in this house. So it translates as lucky point in sky from ancient air. I'm looking over here because I know the phone is here, but the my, um, right. uh, screen is over here. And, oh, you can actually, hello. Yes, you are. Can you oh, hello. See oh, yeah. <laughs> You're just looking at a diagram. Well, it's on, a, it's on a computer screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's crazy. You're just popping things out like that. <laughs> oh, oh, I've been doing this for, I, you know. I mean, when I first, oh, if you see my relocation astrophotography map, it's like Mr. Potato Head on acid. You'd be like, it's so intimidating. There's like lines and glyphs. I, I do I have questions about that, but I won't, I won't. That's another thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another, another, another time. But anyway, but this is much more simplistic to do a chart than to do relocating a chart all over the world. It's like, oh, but that's right. my specialty. So, but anyway, so, uh, but I, I have really great memorization skills and you absolutely must have that if you're in astrology. If you like to forget shit. I don't forget anything. It's like kind of weird. But anyway, so um, Fortuna and Cancer, so that's great luck and good fortune with real estate, restaurant touring, especially in foreign lands. Oh. Like I start a, you know, a, you know, a hot dog stand in a foreign country. And it's <laughs> right. Into, um, punk rock, Nathan's punk rock, you know, something like that. All right. Uh, punk rock pizza. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> no, like, seriously, why not? I if, if I have one crack pizza, I, I don't even eat pizza, but I buy it because I feel like that's got to got to be good, it's right? Be cool. Got razor blades in it. It's, good. it's delicious. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um. So so it's, it's very fortunate point uh, in this house, 
And then you have Venus, and Venus is art, love, beauty, music, and mic drop, money itself, because uh, it's the natural ruler of the eighth of the second house, but it's the ruler of your actual uh, eighth house, the house of investment. So your house of investment goes to the ninth house. Yeah. So you may want to think about investing in foreign real estate. Okay. Like if you do get an inheritance, you know, might want to think about that. And I have a feeling that real estate's going to be really cheap <laughs> the next couple of years. Really soon. <laughs> In New York City. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's never cheap, but it's like, oh my God. Yeah, it's just, I'm going to be making a move and buying some property. Uh, I can possibly arrange it. All right. Um, so you have a very rich, full uh, ninth house higher education, travel, publishing, advertising, broadcasting, and the law. Uh, and you feel very emotionally connected to this house because you have a lot of cancer energy in it. All right. Um, so I have to pee. Um, golden showers are no longer included in the reading because of Trump. He's <laughs> ruined it for me. I'll be right back. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> Starseeds. Um, so I wanted to thank Angel Idealism again because she uh, gave me such a great uh, reading the last time. I decided to share it again um, because a lot of the, a lot of our listeners haven't heard it yet, and it's kind of just been buried at the bottom of our Patreon for a while, and and so it's just kind of nice to reissue and, and revisit. I was gonna say reissue, reissue it, yeah. What? So um, it's actually it's actually very kind of creepy how accurate it was yeah like especially now going back and like re-listening to it mm-hmm. like everything she said has like come true wow everything and part of it was about like the unfolding with the show and like uh-huh wow it was like on the day she said that a day it was like she's like may 25th you're gonna find a co-host for your show and that was your birthday wow that was my birthday yeah it, it still is it still is <laughs> i was like this is weird um, but yeah, like, you know, other stuff that she's, even like little things. She said at one point I was going to be in like a love triangle. Ooh. Oh. And you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, I do. But it actually happened twice. Oh, damn. It actually happened twice. And I'm like, this is bonkers. Like, so she's legit. If you guys ever get a chance to get a reading from Angel Idealism, I'll put a link on, uh, on her website, on her show notes. So you guys can take a look and, and, but she's amazing. Follow her on Instagram too. Follow yeah, but um, we have a quote, and since it's Black History Month, I decided to do one from Neil deGrasse Tyson. Oh, okay. Um, our favorite uh, physicist. <laughs> yes. Um, the good thing about science is that it's true whether or not you believe in it. Ooh. Yeah. And as always, we also do a gratitude list um, every week, so. We do. I'm, I don't know, I just jumped in uh, this time. Go for I, it. I only have one. <laughs> I am grateful. Uh, this is a cheat. I'm grateful that uh, for the break and grateful to be back. Yeah. Because we, we had a break last week, which I think was needed, and I got some actually some great stuff done. I, well, whatever. Um, and I'm grateful to be back. I am, number two, so grateful. These are like double things, whatever. But I'm so grateful to have passed this insurance test. Yeah. And glad that that study period is over because I was taking like 10-hour days, so I'm glad that that's over. You were doing a lot. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. It was just like I wasn't something to the ground. I really was, but it was it was worth it. Hopefully, but you got it done. Yes, I did get it done. So I'm grateful for that. Uh, 
And I'm grateful. I, I put this in my gratitude list a lot this week with uh, there's some other people I have gratitude lists with. But I'm glad that I have two awesome best friends that like <laughs> that I love and let me love them like, yeah. and bring so much value to my life. So I'm grateful for that, too. Um, I am grateful for being in my new place. Ooh. Mariachi band aside. <sighs> Um, upstairs, and um, I, I love the, the place. The location's fabulous, and, and I walking distance from everything I need. So, super cool. I'm grateful to have my car back. Yes, my car is back. She has a brand new, well, used transmission, but it's a better transmission than I had before. And um, no more jerking at that gear two. So that's oh, been I okay. You meant the car, okay? Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going There's like... plenty of jerking going on elsewhere. Oh, I thought you meant like it was like No Fap Sunday or something. No Fap Sunday. No Fap February. No, I want to try that though. Mm. No oh, it's... No Fap. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. You're, 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 a, you're a guru at that. I really am. <laughs> Sometimes it'll be like a month. Uh, a lot of times it'll be a month. Sometimes it'll be... Uh, uh, I can go a couple days, but usually at, at one point it's like... I don't recommend going four months. No. Yeah. No. Yeah, as someone who has experience, I don't recommend that. No. Anyhow, I interrupted your... Uh, <laughs> Why are we talking about this? Right? <laughs> Cut this out of the show. People's mama's listening. No. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just thinking about fapping. Yeah. Um, and then I'm finally grateful for, uh, yeah, just being back and, and doing the show again. Oh. So, yeah. Um, we also, I wanted to announce, we started a Facebook group. So, we, if you are listening to the show, if you want to join us on Facebook, uh, the Facebook group is called Starseed Central. Ooh. And it'll say Starseed Central, it'll see a picture of us, and it'll have um, a cosmic journey with Demi and Jay on it as well. So, you can join us. You can share any articles that you guys find that you might want us to, us to uh, show, like uh, talk about on the show. Or um, if you want to just talk to the show, have any questions, comments, or whatever. We'd love to hear from you. We would love to hear from you. Yeah. And, you know, we have uh, social media, too. Yes, we do. We're uh, at a Cosmic Journey Pod on Instagram. Uh, on Twitter, we're a Cosmic Jern Pod. And uh, I'm Dimitri Wild on Instagram and Twitter. I am Jay Maceo on Instagram and Twitter. And uh, if you like the show, if you find uh, value in the show as well, you can find all this information on our Patreon as well. You can get early access to videos, um, special view content, all this stuff. And um, you can just help us support. It's pick your own price. So yeah. if you want to do a dollar, we're more than happy to take that dollar from you. <laughs> yeah. And rate us too. Like rate us and give us good ratings. We don't mean rate us. And it's like, oh, we're going oh, to give you the worst. One. But like, you know, show some love if you love us. The yeah. easiest way to support the show is to just rate us on Apple Podcasts um, and, and comment if you can. It'd, it'd be amazing to get both. Um, and that way more people can see us. That's kind of how the algor algorithm works on there. Mm -hmm. The more likes and, and comments you have, the better you are visible. And if you think someone you know uh, would, would benefit from the show, would enjoy the show, mm -hmm. send it to them. Share it with your friends. Share it with your friends. Mm -hmm. It's Valentine's Day. Show some love. Show some love. Um, so, and don't forget to subscribe yourself to get updated on all our future episodes. Um, I believe that's everything. So, thanks for listening. And as always, Godspeed, Godspeed Starseeds. Star